Hey everyone, welcome to episode 243, Independent Problem Solver. Welcome to the Harmony in the Home podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Hutchison. I'm a counselor, a life coach, and most importantly, an imperfect mom doing this work right along with you. And my goal on our podcast is to go from chaos to calm, feel less frazzled and have more fun within your four walls to have more harmony in your home. Before I start talking about IPS, which is a completely made up acronym that I made up when I was teaching first grade and it stuck and it helped so much creating kids who are independent of you and doing all the things that they need to do so you can do all the things that you need to do. And you can teach this very, 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 very young. I was teaching this to five and six-year-olds and I was teaching my kids when they were toddlers, even when they were babies. When they're little and they're toddling around, they're barely walking, they can help you, you know, put go put these socks in the, that basket. Oh, you're such an IPS, you're such an independent problem solver. But before I give examples of how this can work in your four walls, I want to talk to you about pocket coaching. That is something I'm rolling out for 2024, where you and I will connect on Boxer, Telegram, or WhatsApp, or the like, an audio way of connecting where you can share specific examples, specific pain points that are happening in your life that are hard, that are tricky, and give me examples, and then I can voice memo you back, because it's kind of like a walkie-talkie meets voicemail if you've, ever, if you've never used Voxer where you leave me a message and then I pick up the message and then I leave you a message back and it's that back and forth. So we can kind of do it on the go and it will fit into your schedule and fit into my schedule so much better. And then I will give you specific examples, specific stories, because a lot of my stories and my examples, I don't want to share on the podcast because they involve people that don't want to be on the podcast and I don't blame them. And so that's one of the reasons why the pocket coaching might help because people live and learn through examples and stories. So if you can share examples and stories with me, I can share examples and stories and suggestions back because I'm not so in the thick of it. And I'm more like a, I'm like an unbiased observer from the outside hearing your point of view of what happened. And I might hear some unconscious thinking that are going on. I know when I work with my coach, I'm like, she's like, do you know that you said that 42 times? I'm like, I did. Oh my goodness. So if you're interested, email me at coachingkelly at awol.com. Just write pocket coaching and then I'll get you all set up and hooked up and signed up. So today we're talking about IPS, independent problem solver. This is something that was created out of nowhere in first grade and it's stuck for almost 20 years. I guarantee if I ask one of my students right now, what's an IPS? They would say it's independent problem solver. What an independent problem solver is, is when you see a child figuring out a problem on their own before they go and ask anybody else, or they are very resourceful in finding that answer. So how it looked in the classroom, let's say, this is so crazy. I'm going to share this example, but let's say they were in the listening center and they couldn't get the cassette tape to work because I was working with cassette tapes and my students were working with cassette tapes and nothing gave us more problems than those flipping cassette tapes. Either they would get eaten or they weren't working or the headphone wasn't plugged in or the volume wasn't turned on or it would start skipping. I mean, oh my goodness. And so I would see the child over there and we don't want to create a sense of learned helplessness because a lot of times when our kids are having a hard time with something, we want to go in immediately because we don't want them to feel a negative emotion and we just want them to be happy, confident, and kind. So if we could just fix all their problems and wrap them in bubble tape, bubble, I was gonna say bubble tape, wrap them in bubble wrap, then all the problems will go away and they'll never have a negative emotion. I won't have to feel a negative emotion because they're feeling a negative emotion and we'll all live happily ever after. What happens is you create an overly dependent child on you. And sometimes it feels very good to feel needed, wanted, appreciated, 
they couldn't survive without me kind of energy. But the goal is for them to be branching off and to be grown and flown. And so creating independent problem solvers on the small things will give them the confidence to be independent problem solvers in the big things as they get older. And you're always giving them the energy and the confidence and the messaging back to them. I know you'll figure this out. I can't wait to see how you figure this out. Whether it's a friendship problem, whether it's a problem with this cassette player, they can't get their fitted sheet to go over their mattress. I can't wait to see how you figure this out. You're such a good IPS. You know how to solve problems. You know how to think on the spot. You know how to pivot. You're telling this to your child over and over in a hundred different ways. So then they start saying it to themselves and they go to themselves and they go within for the answers versus always going to mom or dad or the teacher or their neighbor or their greedy, greedy grandpappy. Does that mean they can never go to you? Absolutely not. But the goal is to create a sense of independence, whether it's brushing their teeth, whether it's making their bed, whether it's doing their laundry, you want to create a sense of self-sufficiency because you're gradually and slowly and beautifully weaning yourself off of them and they're weaning themselves off of you. And it's a lot like when we taught them how to ride their bikes. If you've not, if you've already taught it, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, this is how it goes. When you're teaching them how to ride their bikes, this is true with all things parenting. It's a gradual pull away of support, but you're never just leaving them in the dust. You're always there supporting them. So when they learn to ride a bike, first they might learn on a, what are those things called? Those big wheels that are like real long to the ground, the three-wheelers. Then they might go to a higher three-wheeler. Then they might go to training wheels. Then when you take off the training wheels, oh my goodness. They also have those little bikes that you like. They don't have any pedals and they... And those are really good for teaching how to ride a bike, apparently, because they learn that balance, so to speak. I never did it, but I've heard such good things about them. I, can't, I think it's called a balance bike, but I think that might be wrong. You take off the training wheels and guess what? You're usually holding on to the back of the bike while you're running behind them or you're going up and down the driveway or up and down the sidewalk or you're going in a very, very like on the soccer fields where the grass is very, very thin, but they can still ride their bike and it has a little bit more traction on there. And then if they do fall, it's not like falling on the sidewalk and skinning their knee and breaking their arm. It's like they're falling on the grass, which still doesn't feel good, but they're so low to the ground with their little toddler bikes and they have their helmet on. They're so cute. And then you're running behind them and then you're still next to them. You're spotting them almost while they're riding. And every once in a while you might hold on to their, the back of their bike just to let them know that you're there. Just give them, you see them getting a little wobbly. So you might give them a little spot a spot of support, and then you're running next to them. And then eventually, after a couple weeks of that or a couple months, how much ever you practice, then you're riding bikes next to them and you're staying in a parking lot or you're on those soccer fields or, and you'll see them fall and you'll be like, oh, I'll help you back up. Oh, I fall too. It's very normal. And then eventually after a couple weeks, couple months of that, you're sitting in the Adirondack chairs and you're watching them go up and down the sidewalk. You're like, I can't believe this is actually happening. And then when they get really old, they're riding their bikes to the clubhouse. So they're riding their bikes to their friend's house. And you're like, how did this happen? And it's a compound effect of offering 100% support, then 90% support, then 80% support, then a couple more months of 70% support. And you always can go back to holding on to the back of their bike, but that's not the goal of parenting. The goal of parenting is to get to the level of support of like, hey, let's go on a bike ride together, or you can go on a bike ride by yourself. Either way, you're going to be okay because you have the strength, the knowledge, and the inner intuition 
to know what to do if you get to a stop sign and there's lots of parking, there's lots of cars and you don't know what to do. That is what creating an IPS is and using that and catching them, doing the thing that you want them to be a problem solver of and then reinforcing that over and over and over by allowing them to know it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. What they hear over and over and over becomes their inner voice. And then they start to believe that, oh, I'm a problem solver. So then when problems come up at school or at work or at a friend's house or when they're playing sports, they have the inner guide already and they tap into that versus always looking outside of themselves and they're living their life from the in to the out versus living their life from the out to the in. When I was teaching, I used to say, ask three before me, which means ask yourself first, then maybe ask a friend, then maybe ask another friend. That happened a lot with tying the shoes. They would always, Miss, Miss Hutchison, tie my shoes, tie my shoes. And if I taught, tied all the shoes that were requested, I would be literally tying shoes all day and all night. Not really, but you know what I mean. Sometimes I use a hyperbole to prove my point. So I'd say ask three before me. And the first person they had to ask was themselves. Ask three before me is being an IPS because they had to ask themselves. They had to try to tie their shoes. And then if they couldn't tie their shoes, they had to ask a neighbor. And then the neighbor would help them. If that neighbor could help, they go to another neighbor. And so if I was the fourth person, I would always say, did you ask, did you ask three before me? And then I would help them. Because what you're teaching them is to get into the habit of asking themselves first for the answer, for the guidance, for the intuition. You want to strengthen that as much as possible and then telling them over and over and over, you have such a strong inner voice. You have so much inner wisdom. You have such a strong intuition. You really are a good IPS and can pivot on the spot. When they hear that over and over, that becomes their inner voice. And then they tell themselves, hey, I have, an inner, I have a really strong inner guide. I have strong intuition. I have a strong voice. When they're younger, I used to say, you have that strong belly voice. That voice in their belly, when their belly starts hurting, I would talk about it that way. When your belly starts hurting, when you're around someone, that means you need to go play somewhere else because that's not a want match between you two. Or you might need a little breather. When your belly hurts in a situation, that's your body's way of talking. Then it can move up to the heart. When your heart hurts, when something's going on, that's your body's way of saying like, danger, danger, I need to exit stage left and also making sure that the body is not over alerting where they see a mail carrier and they start screaming and yelling and crying because their body says that their belly hurts when they see that mail carrier oh and then you can calm the belly down and say oh that's just the mail carrier and so ips works both ways and teaching them how to listen to their inner voice on both levels because sometimes the inner voice is too hyperactive and it's nervous and scared about all the things so you can teach them how to listen to the inner voice and calm their inner voice or they're really amped up about something teach them how to calm that voice down and that's being an ips so you might teach teach them being an ips depending on their age depending on their stage because the goal in life is to get them grown and flown and pulling away from you so they create their own consciousness and their own sense of identity and their own sense of individuality and then we're not getting in their way and they have sense of a place to grow when we are too overbearing and we're too hypercritical or we're the helicopter mom or the helicopter dad and i feel like i was a helicopter over their emotions that i didn't want them to feel any tricky emotions and then when i did i would freak out that they were freaking out so they didn't have a chance to ever live within the two of us because they were so worried about mom freaking out when they would freak out so then they were on eggshells about freaking out which made them freak out even more ironically i know that sounds crazy but it's so true because they didn't have any space to develop or become individual because they were so worried about my emotional strength instead of working on improving theirs and strengthen their own emotional strength. 
When you understand this and when you get this and when you reinforce it, you will have a child that when they do have the tricky moments, they won't be as frequent, it won't be as long in duration, and it won't be as intense, but it will still happen. You just won't freak out with them. And what happens is the kids realize like, oh, these emotions are safe to feel in this home. I don't have to freak out because mom's freaking out. I'm allowed to freak out, but mom's not going to freak out when I did, just like we're the flight attendant in their lives. And when you do this, you will all have more harmony in the home. The eggshells will go out the window gladly, and you'll be able to enjoy them more and enjoy yourself more as a parent. I love you guys, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting boot camp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.